tune in to Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. Join America's leading relationship expert, top holistic life coach, and best-selling author, Dr. D. Yvonne Young, along with a diverse team of regular commentators, experts, and celebrity guests. Be entertained while being informed on the issues that affect you most. Don't miss it. Dr. D. Yvonne Young, providing you the tools you need to start living a profoundly extraordinary life. Good evening, America. Today is June the 8th, 2014. I'm glad to have be in your living room, in your car, or wherever you may happen to be right now. Hope you had a great, great Sunday. I know for a fact that it's been a beautiful day for most. I, I One thing that I do want us to do is uh, say a prayer for my boy Tracy Morgan. I know he's uh, in a situation that none of us ever get up in the morning thinking we're going to be fighting for our lives by the end of the day. With that being stated, that's even more reason to not take yourself, take your life, or love for granted. It is a fleeting thing, and it is not promised to anyone, be that me or you. This is a season and a situation in which that it would be wise, beyond wise, just a very good and decent thing to start expecting more, expect more from yourself, for yourself, and especially from those that love you. With all of those things on our hearts tonight, we want to have a conversation that goes beyond the typical. Tonight, we're going to talk about how we can fix one of the most crucial areas of our lives, and that's intimacy. Now, let's define a couple of things. The first thing I want to define is there's a difference between sex, between intimacy, between being connected between being romantic, all of those things, though cousins and first cousins to one another, are very different. As you explore your own life, doesn't it only make sense that you stop settling for less than you deserve, especially when it comes from love? As typical, I'm going to tell you, get a pen, get a paper. If you can't get one, don't sweat it. All our programs are archived for your listening convenience. However, tonight, if you can get that pen and paper and you're in a relationship, a relationship that has you wondering, should I stay? Should I go? Is this the right person at the right place at the right time in my life? Or are you Mr. Right now? Or are you Mr. And Mrs. Right? We're going to explore that because to be truthful, relationships are just that. A relay, what does a relay mean? It means something that goes around and around. And what is a ship? Well, the two definitions. One, the noun definition, obviously, is it's a vessel that houses things. And this, your relationship houses things. It houses hopes. It houses dreams. It houses aspirations. It houses beliefs. It houses value systems. It houses concepts and interpretations of what you believe life to be. However, ship has another meaning. It means to take something within the confines of whatever. It could be an airship, something that crosses the sea, or just your heart. And it takes it from one place to another. The question I want you to ask yourself at this moment is, where is your relationship 
transporting you? Is it taking you to hell and back? Is it not moving? Is it bringing you the need for gratitude and for speed? You know, there's this thing that um, I really like. This cat named Gary Chapman wrote a book that I'm sure you never heard of. You're right unless you've been sleeping under a rock. It's called The Five Love Languages. I'm going to name them to you because this is a very crucial piece of this conversation this evening. Uh, later, I am going to have a very lovely woman, Eden Adele, to join me, and we're going to talk about the things you need to do to get your bedroom back on fire so you don't want to miss a minute of the night's program. But let's go to these love languages and talk about them. First, what is language? Let's start with that because love we can attempt to define that all day, and if I talk to a 1,000 people, I will get variations of the same answer from many, but things that none of us would ever equate to love. As a matter of fact, um, I know I'm going to blow the number on this, but in the Hindu culture, the Middle Eastern culture, love has a minimum of 20, I think it was 26, 28 different descriptions. There was love of mother and father and love of the earth and love of yourself and love of children and et cetera, et cetera. However, in America, we're still struggling with just trying to figure out the different quadrants of love. Some of us have said that it's eros, uh, meaning erotic love. Some of, it, uh, some of us have said it's strange, meaning just situational love and pragmatic love that just makes sense under certain circumstances. There's agape, meaning unconditional love, and all of these different, Just there's even a longer list than that. But the thing I'm driving at is this. Love means something so different to so many of us. As a matter of fact, most of us are misinterpreting love. We think that if someone sat next to you and passed you the communion plate at church, that they are in love with you. If they tell you, why don't you give them a hug? Some people assume you hug me, that means love. And the worst form of love is when you're in a dysfunctional, mutually dependent, codependent relationship where you love someone so much that you don't like them anymore, but you're not mature enough to let them go. For some of you, the worst love is you are in love with someone that treats you like the four-letter word, the one that starts with the S and ends with the T. Oh, by the way, let me give another disclaimer before we get knee deep in this this evening. This program is rated R, not PG-13. And let me tell you why. It's not because we're going to lower the bar. It's not because I'm getting ready to present some foul language and some foul mouth stuff to you, nothing like that. We may slip a word or two in that will be definitely something controversial, but how can we talk about adult subjects without using adult terminology? With that stated, if you have a child that is five years old or seven or 10 or 13, you might want to tell them to go play with uh, the dog, Barbie, their daddy, mama, uh, whatever it is you have, kick the can around the house. But at the end of the day, it's not appropriate content for them. However, if you have a 17-year-old or someone that's uh, graduating high school and going to college, this program I'm going to leave that to your discretion. If it were me, my uh, when my uh, kids were now young adults were that age, I did not make them think Santa Claus was still bringing presents. The Easter Bunny was uh, dropping eggs off, and the Tooth Fairy was putting coins under pillows. 
Some of you may be stupid enough to do that. I hope you're not, but in the event that you are, maybe if you can't tell your kids or young adults in this at this time about life, I'm going to help you. So just sit there and try not to look at them. Look straight ahead because we're going to have one grown folks conversation tonight. Now, I have warned you, get your kid out, get your pen out. Do the two things at once. Ready? Good. Now let's begin. This five love language thing. And I suggest that you take this test. Uh, very seldom do I advocate anybody's products and services. And, hell, much as I recommend Gary's book, I should have him send me a commission. But if you go to Google or whatever your browser is and type in five love languages, you will find their website. The way you will know it's the website is it will be five, the number five, L-O-V-E languages.com. Now, why am I saying do that? Sometimes it just behooves you to have a little bit of information about yourself. I had the pleasure of dealing with uh, SLAM this weekend. I was uh, honored to be a speaker for such a wonderful group, group of people. And if you guys are listening, I want to tell you I love you madly. I had a great time with you. But that is something that I that just really touched so many people because, see, the truth got out there. There was no more illusion and fantasy about how relationships and love works. Some of you, especially in Hispanic and African-American or even some um, most minority cultures and whatever minority is, but in America we call it people that aren't Anglo or people that are disenfranchised that are Anglo that aren't exposed to institutions of higher learning or don't have the resources to go and pontificate life because they're trying to feed feed yourself and you're trying to keep your lights on. Well, that describes about 80% of America, doesn't it? And the U.K. and Latin America and Canada. And if it describes you, more than likely you have not taken a few diagnostic tests that have something to do with getting to know you. If you need to take those tests, definitely contact my company. Contact uh, the Dr. D. Von Young brand. Just type it in, D space, I-V-A-N space, Y-O-U-N-G, and you will find my website. It's drdvonyoung.com. We can facilitate that testing. It costs you a little piece of change, but it's nothing like the uh, damage that you can never afford to pay for called heartbreak especially when you either lost someone that should have remained in your life or you have someone in your life right now and you're missing the boat and about to lose them. Now, back to the love languages. We need to know them. Why, Dr. D., why do I need to know my love language? Real simple. A language is what we use to communicate with other people. Simple as that. It's not always words either, because if that were the case, sign language is simple. It's making gestures, basically. You, there's no uh, enunciation taking place. And then there's another language called body language. Uh, I've never seen that written down anywhere, have you? We communicate through language, and the love languages, and there are more than five, by the way, but I think Gary did a great job of narrowing them down to five. I'm going to talk about the first one. The first one, not that they come in a specific order, but we're going to just, for the sake of illustration, put them in order. The first one is words of affirmation. Isn't that the primary language that we use 
Of course it is. We pay compliments. We seduce people with what we perceive to be our charms. We make statements and we find phrases. Some of us have gotten so good that we can't even come up with our own statements and little slogans. So we bother the words that have been penned by great minds, by authors, by musicians, things we've heard in songs, even poetry. Those words of affirmation go far beyond that, however. Sometimes, if and here's how you can spot this, and I want you to take this dog on test so you don't have to really guess it out, but let's say you don't have access to the Internet and you're listening by phone, and okay, it's cool. I'm going to give you some shortcuts. The words of affirmation, a person that likes words of affirmation typically shows you love through words of affirmation. They tell you thank you. They say, I appreciate you. They send you a text message that's flirty or kind, and they notice what you had on, and they say something about it. When you do something for them, they are very quick to say, you did blank for me. Now, that's we're going to segue into the next one after that, but words of affirmation are crucial for some people. However, for others, they don't mean anything because they grew up watching daddy make promises and mama make promises and say things that they never lived up to. So for some people, even when the words of affirmation can help uh, confirm some things, it's not always the key end. That's why we say there are five love languages. In other words, if I speak to you in Spanish and I say, que paso, and you look at me and go, do what? And then I say, you know, mi llame, senor young, and you'd be like, yo, what? You know, you don't understand me. However, when I say hi, what's happening? My name is Mr. Young. You get that because I'm speaking your language, and that's exactly what words of affirmation is. It's one way of speaking someone's language, but here's another one. Acts of service. Hmm. What could that mean? Well, let's let's just take it there. An act of service is exactly that. It's an act of service. It's it's that language that you learn to speak for the, for people who like acts of service. Those are the people who say, you know, action speaks so much louder than words. And for many, they do, you know. But what is the source of your action? Are you acting out of guilt? You know, I, I had a guy that was very amusing to me. I had a brother say, well, man, you know, I want to talk to my wife. I've had women do the same thing. Well, yeah, now you want to talk. You only want to talk because you're in the doghouse right now, and you only want to talk because everything else you've tried uh, basically cannot make up for what you've done. So we start doing things. What I'm going to warn you about is while you're out there cutting the yard, while you are folding the clothes and washing the dishes, if you're doing that because you just slapped your wife or hit your husband or you just slept with somebody, I doubt seriously that's going to solve anything. However, it's a good gesture. It's a good thing. And if you haven't found yourself in the proverbial doghouse, that is a good way to let people know that, you know what, you don't have to fold my drawers all the time. I think I can fold yours great. I will clean up the kitchen since you were kind enough to have a hot meal waiting on me when I got home or while I was walking in the door, you were throwing something together for me. Acts of service go a long way, especially for people who have had words mean little, if anything, especially for people that 
have been lied to, lied on, lied about, just falling into an emotional stupor because people said things that they didn't mean and did things because it was the wrong reason. In other words, you know, sometimes the acts that we do, if we're doing them as an act of restitution, if we're doing them out of manipulative reasons, okay, yeah, you you help clean up, that's because you wanted to get you some tonight. Yeah. Well, fellas, you know, that doesn't quite right. Sister, going bowling with him because you want him to go and buy you some red bottoms isn't a good act of service either. Now, here's the next one. We The first two, words of affirmation. The next one, acts of service. The third one is receiving gifts, receiving gifts. Everybody thinks that that means buying somebody a car or some jewelry. In my opinion, I'm sure that will work if you're dealing with a gold digger, somebody that's playing you like a $3 hoe. But the truth be told, the biggest gift that you can give someone is something that you took the time either to create, facilitate, or something that required that you meditate on it. I'll say that again. The best gifts are something that you took the time to create, to facilitate or meditate. Now, what, Doc, what do you mean by that? Simple. A handwritten card, uh, something that, you know, my birthday is not today. It's uh, a couple of days away. I think it's Wednesday or something like that. And I had the most beautiful gift come to me today. And, Allison, I want to thank you and your family for loving me. And Marche, my assistant, thank you so much. I appreciate everyone. And I, Grandmother, I love you if you're listening. But they took the time to give me gifts. And I'm talking about gifts, money came by, like taking the time. And, and it, it sounds like an act of service. And, yes, words of affirmation were there. But these gifts didn't cost a lot of money. I even had someone just be kind enough to pick me up some designer socks, you know, because that's the thing now, you know. And I, I've been looking at that, and I got it. I was like, hey, this was thoughtful. This is something that I could actually use. Um, they fixed dinner for me and made me my favorite thing to eat, which, again, is another gift that didn't come from a jewelry store. It doesn't have four wheels on it. There wasn't money, but these acts were, these gifts were priceless. Giving gifts. The person that likes gifts is not necessarily greedy or opportunistic, but I will say that they want to be able to look back later and see evidence that you cared enough to acknowledge them. The next thing, quality time. Hmm. That's a big deal, isn't it? When you give another person your undivided attention, that's a beautiful thing. Here's why. You could have been doing anything else, but you stopped and, guys, I'm going to tell you, this is a big one. If you really want to impress a woman and show her that you care, and especially for you brothers that have given this lady your last name or ladies, if you decided to tell this man, you know, I love you, I'm your woman, telling your girlfriends that i got to get off the phone, my baby's home, and not because you can't talk in front of him, just because you want to give him some special attention, if you know what I mean. Same thing with you fellas. Put the remote, cut, turn off the, put the pause button. You know, I think many of us in 2014 can pause the television or we can see it when they show it three hours later, right? But stopping 
hitting life and putting it on pause, looking each other in the eye, creating what I, when I was at SLAM yesterday talking to this wonderful group of people, I shared with the gentleman, if you really want to mesmerize her again, if you want to captivate her attention, just shut it all down and gently touch her and look her in the face and come close and look her dead in the eye. Speak from your heart. You don't have to say what someone else said. You can even stumble over your words. She may think it's kind of cute. At the end of the day, that quality time is all about giving someone your undivided attention. And then here's the one that I know all you freaks out there. I know. I know. I understand. Some of y'all got a little something-something going on with it. You understand this one, and that's physical touch. But let me break that down to you. That does not always mean an act of fellatio. That, though that is good and very much appreciated by both both sexes. And no, that doesn't always mean um, being stroked and caressed and touched. But we're going to talk about that a little bit, probably in about the next 12 minutes. However, just walking by and gently touching someone's shoulder, don't stand there like you're weird, because a lot of men feel really strange, especially men that have not been and families where mother hugged them a lot. Uh, like, I know I was, and I was a kid that I knew my parents loved me, but I didn't get a lot of hugs. I got a lot of things. So for some people, they feel a little uncomfortable. You know, it's like, okay, you just touched my shoulder. Okay, that's enough. You don't need to keep rubbing on me. Or for others, they can't get enough of it because that's what mama showed them. That's what daddy showed them. Whatever the case, physical touch goes beyond sexual touching. It's the time that gentlemen, and this is especially for you men, when you are married man or you're a man that's declared your affinity for this woman that's in your life by putting a ring on her finger, by even just claiming her and telling her, you know what, baby, you know, this isn't dating anymore. And, fellas, let me warn you about that one. Do not, please, whatever the hell you do, don't go set up a woman for heartbreak. And if she says, well, you know, we're dating and you haven't told her that, don't go and put her file. But to be be a man about it. And don't you say that until you really mean it. it I guarantee you she ain't going nowhere. You don't have to lie to her and BS her and uh, just play her game. Be a man about it. Just mean what you say and say what you mean. Another thing is physical touch is a warm embrace, no kissing, you know, not a church hug, man. You know, it's okay for a breast to feel your chest. It's okay. It's okay to put your arms around her waist and feel her curves. But that's the kind of touch I'm talking about, just connection, being one with someone with your clothes on, enjoying cuddling, her laying her head on your shoulder, you laying your head in her lap. That may lead to other things, but just in its own right, that is physical touch. When I was writing, tired of being alone, and Brian Abso, when I wrote Break Up, Don't Break Down, I interviewed over a 1,000 couples, and the ones that had longevity, the ones that were happy, they touched each other, and not just physically. They touched each other in ways that really mattered, they went to the grocery store and thought about, well, she likes 
ice, cookies and cream ice cream. They just bring a pint of that ice cream home. She knew that uh, he liked Red Bull chewing the back of it. That's a nasty mess, ain't it? I am just kidding. Don't you bring nobody no damn chew in the back of it. But the truth is, if you know for a fact that your man has an affinity for a candy boy, even if that candy boy is you, bring him something that he likes. That's a way of touching his heart. Another physical touch is when you are at a party together and you guys are across the room from one another and you came together and you know you're leaving together, but you kind of look across the crowd Find each other's eyes and just give that look like, yeah, I know you're mine. That's another way to touch somebody, fellas. I'm giving you some old school game. You might want to chase this one. I guarantee it all works. So let's go and rewind this because I know Eden is uh, holding, and I do not want to have you guys miss any of this. So here's these, these love languages again. You ready? Words of affirmation. Acts of service. Receiving gifts quality time and physical touch. Let's step this up one more notch. Let's step it up a little bit further. There are things that you need to focus on when you want to connect and have more intimacy. Stop holding back from each other. Into me, see, if you break that word down, it isn't that what it sounds like, into me, see, see into me. If you want a man, especially this, ladies, if you want a man to really fall for you, stop holding back. It's absolutely crucial to speak your truth and speak that from your heart. You ladies know how to do this when you're pissed and you know how to do it when you want to get your way. You learn this from little girls. I know all my daughters, they would just, they had me read, Daddy, and even as young women, I could tell what they want. If dad E go, daddy, I know you just got to tell me something. If it's dad E and you drag that E, okay, I need to send you some money, something's wrong. And if it's daddy and that E goes down, I, I'm going, oh, hell, what's wrong? Let's use that for a good purpose for a change, right? Allow your truth to come from your heart. Don't quit trying to front. And above all, quit letting folks that are miserable in their own right give you advice. Uh, taking advice from a fool will just make you one, too. The other thing is telling the truth to a man is something that a lot of ignorant-ass folk have told you not to do. Girl, don't tell a man everything. You better because time is going to tell on you, baby girl. I assure you of that. And right when you think, Everything is going just right. That dude that didn't mean anything to you. And, fellas, this will happen to you, too. That woman that was just that ratchet, you know, that one-night thing. Um, if you go to a dinner or to a social event, the person you're with, they do need to pull them to the side and say, I just want to tell you that person over there, I used to date them. If that makes you uncomfortable, you know, we can bounce. Because you know what that tells someone? That tells a man especially because you know how sensitive our egos are. Men are nothing but uh, just grown little boys that shave. Um, we we want to know who hit it. And if you're dealing with an immature brother and he's going to throw it in your face, to hell with him. But I'm talking about a real man. 
will respect you because that's a demonstration of loyalty. And, fellas, same goes true for you. You don't have to go into the nitty details saying she left her panties in your back seat. However, you can respect a woman enough to say, look, I, don't, I want to be transparent. You know, let me be honest with you. Now, for both genders, when someone opens up to you and pours out their heart, if that's something you're not ready for, don't be an ass. Just tell the person, you know, I really appreciate you opening up to me. I'm not where you are yet, and I may or may not get there, but what you did was really cool. Yeah. Isn't that that amazing? You don't have to BS people. Don't hold back. Be you. See, someone asked me the question, Dr. Young, what is the difference between love, sex, and intimacy? And I said, very simple. Sex, we already know what that is. That's involving your genitalia, being played with, touched, blew on, kissed, licked, whatever. But love, love is a conscious decision that you make. It is a state of being. It is an ongoing condition. It is an ever-evolving state. It's the depth cast upon the perception of the abyss. It is the unfathomable territory. It is the thing that can wake you up or keep you from sleeping. It is the thing that will make you laugh or cry. Love is a power, and it's a power that should be used wisely. It's kind of like a bullet. Don't fire it unless you're aiming it intentionally. Next thing, for those of you introverts out there that you say, well, hey, Dr. D, you know, man, it's, uh, it's not my style. Well, it needs to get your style. That's why your butt is sitting up lonely right now. That's why your last relationship crashed and burned because you did not communicate. As, and this is especially true for introverted women and men. You want somebody to read your damn mind. It's not happening. Stop letting assumption ruin your relationships. That stinking thinking will end up having your life in a hot mess. Express yourself. Free your mind and you know what will follow. If that is so difficult to do it face-to-face, write a handwritten letter. And if somebody can't read your handwriting, I can't talk. They probably couldn't read mine either. Type it out and don't text them. You know what I'm saying? Write it in an email at least. And put some little emotion icons in there because you know how something can sound in a text message or come across in a message and it looks like you're saying something in the way you meant it and the way that that person interpreted well, we already know that gets jacked up, right? Let's stop and take away the opportunity to screw ourselves up. Anyway, here's what we're going to do. I've got uh, Eden Adele. She's coming back right now. My buddy, Mr. Tony Terry, and all I need right after you um, get through checking this out. Eden and I are going to tell you all the things you need to know to get your sex life back on the top or get you on top. But bottom line is we can resurrect something that's probably going dead, and that's what's going on in your bed as well as in your head. You're listening to Conversation. I'll be honest, I can't lie, you're all I need in my life. My heart inside never felt so right. If this is wrong, I don't want to be right. I think of you all the time. Girl, you're always on my mind. Not a moment of the day goes by when I don't wish you were by my side. You came along and it's my
let's not get any babies made, but I do have the one of uh, my favorite experts on sex, passion, and intimacy. She is definitely a coach amongst coaches when, as it relates to helping adults, grown folk, people like you, the folks that are listening to this program right now. She, E. Nadell, has been um, a, a guiding light for many who figured, you know what, I'm 40, it's not it's supposed to go down. Why did God mismatch this thing? When women start figuring it out and getting comfortable, men start wanting to go out and get a younger woman. Let me tell you something, all that is a bunch of crap. And Eden, welcome to the show. How are you doing tonight, dear? I am so happy to be back with you, Dr. D. How are you? I'm doing well, hot mama. Wanted to just jump straight into this thing. I, I was checking out this email that you sent me, and there yes. were some things that um, I found to be quite interesting. You had a uh, basically a passion quote, and then it was uh, something that just just brought some thoughts to mind. I'm gonna go through some of the things that stood out with me. And here's some of the things that I'm just gonna throw out there, and we are gonna. Say by the way, the night number out is 646-478-5610, 646-478-5610. You have to press 1 for us to know that you're in the queue. Um, our producers will automatically put you on air. What I will do is give you your area code, last four digits of your number, so you can uh, quit chewing that chicken and whatever it is you're doing, and we can actually hear you talking instead of smacking. But here's the deal. <laughs> um, here's some things that let you know that your sex life is in the toilet. One of them is you hold back. You don't initiate or participate fully and enthusiastically. What does that mean? You know, I talk to a lot of women and quite a few very frustrated men, as an example, just as an example of what you're saying right here. Many women have the idea that as long as they show up, they've done everything that they're supposed to do. If they show up and allow him which is their phrasing, not mine, they call it allowing him to do what he wants to do, then they've fulfilled their obligation, they've done their part, they served their sentence, did their time, he should have no complaints. As long as they stay there long enough for him to, uh, I'm going to try to keep this above board, as long as he gets satisfied, then she's done everything that she has to do. And they really do believe that, particularly if they've been together for, say, 10 years or longer. They've had a couple of kids. They've had a few ups and downs in their relationship. Maybe there are some underlying trust issues and consequently some unresolved resentment. And so they show up like the proverbial board, and they lie there, literally lie there, and they let him do all the work. And then they wonder why he complains. Because when I ask these same women, how often are you having sex? Well, we have sex three, maybe four times a week, to which he will agree. Uh And if I ask further, well, are you, how do you feel afterward? How do you feel? Just how do you feel about it? How do you feel about yourself? How do you feel about your mate? I don't really feel much of anything. That's a problem. 
and they don't see it as a problem. They've already accepted it as a reality. They've accepted it as a natural progression. They've been together too long. The honeymoon is over, yada, yada, yada. They believe the hype, in other words, and they've accepted it as their reality, and so it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. They just keep doing it because they've been doing it. And okay, it doesn't have to be that way. Well, well, here's the thing, because you hit on two things. You said sex feels like a chore and they don't trust their partner. Um, and, and then the other part that's really sad is that when a relationship is tanking, you start using sex because you want to be able to go hang with your girlfriends, with the fellas, or you want to use the debit card to go buy something, or what? just something foolish. But let me ask you this. When... Um, what about the things when someone just doesn't feel comfortable in their own skin? There's so much stuff out here in the and the media. You know, I was talking to Slam yesterday, and I made a comment to ladies. There were ladies in there of all shapes and sizes, some plus size, some and what have you. And I say, woman, whatever it is your man likes, whatever got his attention, you should wear things insinuate that if he likes your breast. Wear things that show your breasts, wear see-through tops, he likes your bottom, you know, wear some boy cuts and uh, love your legs, show your legs off. But men love, and, and let me do this before I even say it, I told you to get your kids out the room, folks. Uh, this program <laughs> yes. show is going to be rated for adults. It's rated R, not X, so we're not going to be vulgar and say anything tacky. But we're getting ready to get real. This is the last time. Go get little Susie and Johnny, throw the ball, let them go play with the cat or the dog because it's coming out my mouth. I'm going to be fair. I'm going to count from 10 down to 1, and I'm going to say it. 10, 9, 7, 6. You better get his ass out the room. 5, <laughs> 4. I told you, last warning, 3. Two, one. Okay, here comes some grown-up words. Men love to look at vaginas. Now, if you can get your kid out your room and your son is going, Mama, what's a vagina? That's your problem. I warned you. Uh, but men do. We love to look at vaginas. We love to look at nipples. We are fetish. We are visual. We're tactile, meaning we like to touch things. And when a woman isn't feeling all that comfortable because she's got this attitude of, you know, I, uh, you know, I just had a baby. I'm not what I was before the baby. Uh, you know, my nipples are pointing south instead of out, you know, or whatever's going on. What can they do, Eden, to get back comfortable in their own skin and turn this thing around? Well, what I usually suggest is, because for most of these women, they are insisting that on the rare occasion that they do, make love to their mates, that they do it in complete darkness, I suggest that they start turning on the lights. Mm -hmm. I suggest that they start at very least lighting candles. But I prefer they actually turn on a light, a ceiling light, a lamp near the bed, something that illuminates them completely so that their man can actually see them in the process of pleasing him 
because a very important neural connection is made when they allow that to happen. No matter how uncomfortable they may be in their own skin, their man during the process, arousal and orgasm, is building neural connections in their brains that associate whatever they are seeing, hearing, touching, tasting at the time with the sensations that are being created. And so one of the most powerful things that we can do as women if we want to do everything that we can to make sure his attention stays focused on us is to allow him to see us giving him all those luscious, delicious feelings that he associates to having sex with us. You and know what? Let him see us doing it. That is so accurate, and, and I'm going to take this from the psychological and the cognitive model. There's this thing called uh, a neural pathway in imprinting. At what, when I teach uh, college students and graduate students how, how to study, I always create real-life examples. So not only are you hit reading it and seeing it on paper, but I bring, I say, if you can take it to the third dimension, if it's something you need to memorize and, and you can sing it, and here's proof. We sung the alphabet because if you tell a five-year-old, I want you to memorize 23 different letters in, in, in a certain order, and I want you to be able to write them down as well as say them, you'd probably be screwed. But when you teach them to sing them, all of a sudden now the encoding is a lot stronger. So that's very true. There, the thing that you came up with is, and I think this is uh, something that is your technology, it's called a passion quotient. And the passion quotient, would you tell us exactly what that is and how that works? Well, it is something that I created. It's a, a corollary to the intelligence quotient, better known as an IQ. There, needless to say, uh, that's been a part of our lexicon as a society for a very long time as a way to measure our relative intelligence comparative to whatever, life experience, to education, to cultural exploration and exposure, uh, any number of things. So I created this passion quotient because many people are, are unaware, are unexposed, are ignorant to, and have overlooked for so long this area of their lives that it, it was a way to make them aware just to bring into their awareness some of the things that actually feed into their desire, their desire for connection, for intimacy, for, for relationship. Many of us have done this on autopilot for so long that we aren't even aware of why we do what we do. We just keep doing it. We see other people doing it. We watched our parents do it, or we watched significant others in our own world do it, and we never, they never told us why they were doing it. You know, nobody ever had a conversation with us that said, well, this happened, I, I did this because. They probably haven't even thought about it themselves. And so I designed this assessment to mm-hmm. actually stop people long enough to consider why they do what they do, why they should do some things differently, how it could benefit them to at least consider a change in pattern if what they 
really want is long-lasting, eye-rolling, sheet-grabbing intimacy. If that's what they really want, there is absolutely a pathway to it for any two people who mutually agree to pursue it. There is a pathway that has some common things for anyone who's actually in that pursuit, as long as they remain willing and focused. And so this is to bring some things into focus that they may have overlooked or maybe even were never aware of. You know, I think uh, some of that also goes into being able to just say, this is what I need, being transparent and opening up. And uh, men are so, um, you can see what men like. That's why pornography, that's why, and believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, I know you're not going to believe this new statistic, but women actually watch more pornography than men, and they watch it for longer periods of time when they watch it. Another thing, women masturbate more than men. So you're having sex, you're just having it with yourself. (laughs) So why don't you try sharing? And what I mean by that is share what it is that you're doing to you that turns you on or what it is that you're fantasizing about or imagining because I can assure you batteries cannot talk. You cannot after a while. That's why you, you throw them away. You know, they their purpose is used and they're gone. And what starts happening now is you start throwing people away and you you develop these unrealistic expectations for a man's performance because he's never going to outlast your rabbit. He's not going to outlast your bullet or whatever other device you may have hooked yourself up to. But I want to ask this question. What language, and or let me change it, let me change it around. What do you suggest for the woman that is introverted, that is shy, that doesn't uh, feel comfortable expressing her desires sexually and her needs, how, and especially if she's been in this pattern with this man uh, in a, you know, committed relationship, cohabitating relationship, even a marriage, or let's say she just met a guy and she just, she just doesn't want to say, you know what, I want to try anal sex. I want you to, uh, I want you to eat me. I want you to, uh, uh, you know, let's do some different positions. How can, what do you say to that woman in order to get her to see that it's okay to communicate? To her, I would say, be honest. Be honest with your mate about your apprehension. Be honest about being shy to say so. Tell him, honey, you know, I really do want to be pleasing to you. And I haven't got a clue what that looks like. I don't even know what it is for me. But here's one thing I'm willing to do. I am willing to submit to the process of finding out. And if you'll join me, I will help you by letting you know what feels good to me and what doesn't. Can we do that? Wow. And what typically happens... Is they will find that during the process, during the discovery, during the trial and the error, during the put press this, don't press that, during that, that process itself, it builds the intimacy between them. Mm-hmm. That process is binding. That process 
is bonding. That process is heart opening, honest. Honey, okay. I need your help with this. I just got an, uh, a message from a gentleman, and he wants to know how can he get his woman to try thing new things with her with uh, with him. And I'm assuming when he says that is probably he's asking. She said no. So my first response is, if it makes you uncomfortable, you know, that's your right not to do it. However, for those of you that have said, um, you know, I'm, this is what we're going to cohabitate. We're under the same roof. Or you really are taking this guy serious. Um, what can would you suggest short of saying go have a couple of shots of some uh, – of some white lightning with Jim Tom or a couple of shots of Patron or some gin, what would you say to this sister to say, you know what, girlfriend, loosen up because it's not that crucial? You know what? Most of the time it really isn't that crucial. And the reason why they say stuff like that is because they're trying to maintain some illusion of control Mm -hmm. or there is some underlying resentment that needs to be dealt with. That That is a very punishing sort of an attitude that I have required of you that you make me your only sexual fulfillment, and at the same time, I am going to limit how you get that from me. I have no real substantive reason for that. We're not talking about the psychological aftermath of traumatic experience. We're not talking about anything that's substantive. We're just talking about, I don't feel like it. Or we're talking about, I don't like the way that sounds. Or I've never done that before. Or where did you learn that? Who are you cheating with? You know, we, we bring in a bunch of other things that aren't even related in order to avoid being what we, we agreed to be when we entered into this relationship in the first place. It is unfair and unreasonable to restrict someone to you as their only sexual outlet and then restrict yourself in your response. You cannot expect it to be both ways. Wow. reasonable. There's something I want to say to that, and uh, I'm just going to say to uh, everyone that's listening on the North American continent, we are going to go over tonight probably uh, as far as 15 minutes. If you want to call in, you can hit us at, um, it's so funny, on shows like this, everybody's sending all these messages. Nobody wants their voice to be heard. It's right. <laughs> yes. yes. It's uh, yes. 646-478-5610. That's 646-478-5610. Feel free to go ahead and call in and press 1 if you have a question. I promise we will not. You don't have to use your real name, and if everybody recognizes your voice, that's on you. But um, definitely <laughs> feel free to give us a call because these are issues that no one wants to talk about, but everyone wants solutions to. Um, yes. I, here's another thing: is there are men <clears throat> that are, will not tell a woman that they are not turned on because of some issue. I'm going to say, and I said this is slam last night, men love vaginas that do not have big afros on them unless you're dating some brother that probably <laughs> drives a deuce and a quarter. And if you're old enough to know what that means, you probably 
have not trimmed your feet and care. But men don't like to like that. And another thing is most people aren't really aware of hygienic issues because, let's face it, unless you're a contortionist, you don't know how to examine your own vagina and smell it, which I'm going to tell you ladies now how to do that. So please, like I told you, if your kid's in the room, that's on you. I warned you. Your finger. And, and put it in the vaginal oz and go as deep as you can and swirl your finger around. Take it out and smell it. Now, here's what I would suggest. If you have a disgusting habit like smoking cigarettes or doing something like that, go and wash your face. Take a towel with just some warm water or preferably distilled water. Even wipe your nostrils out so you can really actually smell. And do this typically after you've had a bath, not while you're wearing perfumes and scented things that are masking stuff, but, you know, and do it. And that way you can really tell because, number one, a vagina does not have a smell. And if it does, it is very light and it's a pleasant smell, not one that smells like we just got through filming a fight scene on a karate movie. The other thing is, gentlemen, please, Remember that the same courtesy you want from a woman, she wants from you. Trim your pubic hair. Some of you, fellas, I'm not being funny, but, you know, some, <laughs> again, that's just something we don't think that we need to do. Our attitude is, why should I trim my pubic hair? You know, well, here's why. Because you've had that mess on you since you were how old and you 40, <laughs> 50. I guarantee you that your shampoo isn't strong enough to remove some of that work odor and sweat and working out and just the fact that you may be old as dirt. Trim your hair <laughs> off your chest. Women do not like seeing that chili meat on your chest. Get that stuff off your back. It is gross. And I'm and trust me, I'm a heterosexual dude. I'm not knocking people that live, a, uh, you know, whether you're gay or straight, that's irrelevant, but... The point is, is, especially in a heterosexual relationship, that is a turnoff. So trim that hair on your chest down. Trim your pubic hair, gentlemen, and clip your doggone fingernails. Nobody wants you scratching them up. And then after you clip them, clean them to get a little brush. You can go buy one for, what, 2 or $3 and brush under your fingernails. In other words, the hygiene. And if you've been eating pig feet and hog moths, please brush your teeth. Okay, that was kind of gross. But, you know, if you've been eating even some potato chips, and ladies, a lot of you wonder why a man won't kiss you. Nobody wants to kiss you after you've been eating Funyuns or you just got eating some chicken wings. Don't be trying to stick your tongue in somebody's mouth and you got a piece of meat from that, what, that sandwich you just got. That is gross. For some of you, I know that you've been watching Honey Boo Boo. Don't do what they do. You're not them. You're not Honey Boo Boo's mama. Um, anyway, that's fine. That, that oh, went off on it. This, what, I'm sorry. You know, you know how I am. You have to keep it real. Because it's your moment. show, Doc. It's your Don't, show. <laughs> now, here's what I want to ask. If you want to have a Honey Boo Boo moment on your show, that's your show. Do you? Hey, look, <laughs> everybody can't be a contestant on Flavor of Love. Uh, I'm saying, thank you, Jesus. Yes. Now, let me give you this one. On the passion quotient, you had an assessment. Do I have your permission to give people this little test real quick? 
Oh, I'd be honored. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Everyone get your pen out, and if you miss any of these, you can go back and listen to the archive of this program and get it, okay? Now, this is going to be a test that's going to tell you if your sex life it sucks or if it's working out, uh, you know, you really need to call myself or Eden and get in our offices and get you some help. Uh, I'm going to tell you a couple of things before we even start this test. If you are having sex less than once a week, your relationship is in deep trouble. Now, I could see it if you live in two different cities, because if you live in two different cities, you know, the first day you see each other, it ought to be on and popping. The second day, yeah. you're some activity, and before you get ready to go home, both of y'all ought to want to get one more little thing in there. So if you yeah. are in a situation where that's not happening long distance or you see each other weekend, day in, day out, you're not having sex at least three or four times a week or you're not having intense sex if you have a long-distance relationship when you first hook, see each other, something is wrong with your relationship. That's number one. Here's number two. If you are not laughing and talking, and I really mean this, when the laughter goes out of a relationship, so does the love. You know, this is not on test. This is Dr. Young giving you some real talk. The other thing, fellas, I know we like to kiss a woman the first date because we're trying to get some. After that, we pretty much fade to black on that. Okay. At least take the time to kiss this woman and look her in the eye. You don't have to do a Clark Gable moment. But, hell, he was gay and he tried to kiss people. So was Rock Hudson. Kiss your woman, especially if that is your woman, and do that at least three to five times a week, man. I mean, just it doesn't have to be a Hollywood hour-long kiss, but just take a moment and pull her close to you and give her a good kiss. And if you're not going to kiss her, and I told you all to get your kids out the room, because what I'm getting ready to say is going to be showing up some adult stuff, and when your little girl or little boy comes talking about, Mama, what did he mean by some head? Don't you be talking about, well, it's like where your ears are and your mouth. No, that ain't, you know, get your kid out the room. I warned you. Um, oral sex is crucial for men. That's why they go and have sexitaries and Bill Clinton moments in their office. That's why uh, that, that little ratchet woman that, uh, doesn't look half as good as you, ain't going to stick by him, didn't give him no babies, but she enjoys giving him a blowjob. Ladies, you've got to get past whatever issues you have with that. You need to be doing that to your man at least four or five times a week. Now, fellas, with that stated, take your musty butt and then go wash your pubic area. Nobody wants to, you know, these ladies mm-hmm. don't want to uh, damn near asphyxiate while they're trying to show you some love. And the same thing is true for you too, dear. You know, if either one of you went into the bathroom and did number two, get your behind in the shower. That's just nasty. That, you know, there are things that we think. And and here's what happens. Most people aren't going to tell you, well, you know, you smell like TT. You you need to wash off. They're just going to kind of like do this real quick. Okay, let me get this obligatory act out the way with you. And after I do this, they say, damn, that's over with. And you're sitting there going, why didn't you just go ahead and take a cheese grater and rub it on me? It, it's because you stink. And people aren't going to tell you, 
you stink. I even, I mean, this is so funny. And again, this is an adult show. Ladies, if you are having sex with a man and being intimate, do buy you some wipes and preferably go and freshen up properly with some water and a feminine wash. When you come back with a tissue, piece of toilet tissue, you know, in your labia, that is just not a good look for you, and it is nasty. Mm-hmm. Gentlemen, if you just went in there to go in TT or urinate, whatever you want me to call it, rinse yourself off. Don't have that woman, uh, well, you already know, some of you people are often doing weird things like peeing on each other, but nobody wants to drink it. I at least I hope not. So freshen up. Get rid of because urine has ammonium. That is actually what it's called, ammonium, which, guess what that means? Yes, a form of ammonia. Does ammonia smell good and would you want to taste it? No, you wouldn't. So make sure that you take care of those issues. Now, getting to this fantastic test, it's going to be 10 questions. So first thing I want you to do is number these questions 1 through 10. I'm going to tell you to check true or false for each question. And even if I'm screwing this up, please stop me. And here's what you have to do when you take this test. Stop lying, damn it. Stop it. Mm. Tell mm. the truth. If yes. When you take this test, you might as well go in there and uh, sit your behind down and watch Ray J. Uh, and oh, I'm not Ray J. What's Mimi Foss, and what's that little horse-looking boy's name? Y'all knew, anyway. <laughs> but you might as well just go do some other stuff. But every answer is true or false on these 10 questions. Question number one. And this, if you want to get this test, you go to Eden's website, uh, EdenAdele.com, uh, sign up on the list, log in using Facebook, what have you, and reach out to her, and I'm quite sure you guys can sign up with her for coaching and take this assessment direct from her. But without further ado, here's question one. We are constantly honest with each other about important issues, true or false. I'm going to repeat this statement again. You are writing true or false. We are consistently honest with each other about important issues. Okay, that's number one. Number two, we enjoy spending time together, true or false. And I no, and don't write hell no, just true or false. We enjoy spending time together, that's number two. Number three, we have similar interests, values, and goals. That's number three. We have similar interests, values, and goals. Okay, true or false. Number four, we keep relatives and friends out of the intimate details of our relationship. I'm just going to say something. You mark true or false. If you ain't keeping them out, you need to. That may be why you have a damn problem. But number four, we keep relatives and friends out of the intimate details of our relationship, true or false. Number five, now that our nest is empty, or somebody moved out your house or whatever the hell, and you got your privacy back. This is number five. Now that our nest is empty, we spend a lot more time naked and loving it. True or false? Just in case I confuse you, now that the nest is empty, 
We spend a lot more time naked and loving it, true or false. And don't be lying and say, if you were looking at each other's answers, stop that. Write down your own damn paper. Quit cheating. Number six, we have regular date nights at least monthly. I'm going to amend her test a little bit. I know that's just as hood as possible. I'm going to say weekly because if it's monthly, your stuff is already real jacked up. <laughs> Jesus help you. Uh, but we have regular date nights at least monthly is, is what she has on the test. I'm going to switch that and say weekly. You could say monthly, but if it's monthly and it's true or false and you say false, yo, ooh, man, you got a problem. Okay, that's number six. Number seven, we take care to be sensitive to each other's needs and communicate with a loving and open heart. I'm going to repeat that again. We take care to be sensitive to each other's needs and communicate with a loving and open heart. And that's number seven, true or false. We're almost getting there. Now, number eight. We take personally ownership of our issues and strive to improve our relationship by working on our own stuff, meaning self-development. But I'm just going to say it in case I'm getting too formal for you. Number eight, we take personal ownership of our issues and strive to improve our relationship by working on our own self-development. In other words, both of you aren't pointing fingers. You claim in your own mess. True or false? Number nine, we show affection to each other, often through loving touch, kissing, smiling, kind words, and small gifts. You remember those five love languages, right? We show affection to each other, often through loving touch, kissing, smiling, kind words, and small gifts of uh, doing for each other. That's number nine. True or false? Here's number 10. We are sexually intimate at least once each week and are both satisfied with our sex life. True or false? And that's if your ass is about 70. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we are sexually intimate at least once each week and are both satisfied with our sex life. That was number 10. Now, here's where the rubber meets the road. You get 10 points. For each true answer, you write this down in case you've been drinking some of that wine or whatever tonight. You get 10 points for each true answer. You get five points for each false answer. Okay, I'm going to repeat that again. For each true answer, give yourself 10 points. For each false answer, give yourself five points. And if you miss this, uh, go to Eden's website, and she's going to give you contact stuff at the end of the program. Then you can get in contact with her. You need to subscribe to her blog and all that and hit her up on Facebook, and you'll get this. Now, I'm going to read these scores to you, and since we have the creator of this instrument present, we're going to go ahead and do this thing. I'm going to start from the top down. If you scored a 90 to 100 she says, and I agree, you are living the dream. And that's not because everything is perfect but or because you figured it all out. But why are they living a the dream if they score 90 to 100 even? Because they are actively in the process. 
because they are attuned to each other, because they haven't emotionally checked out, and they still prioritize each other. Wow. In other words, man, you better not lose her. Lady, you better not lose him. You actually are dealing with somebody that's sane and really working towards self-actualization. I agree with that. Now, if you scored an 80 to a 90, it, you are raising the bar and making life really difficult for your lazier or less creative peers. Keep up the good work. We all need good example we can get. Watch out for the some false responses here, though. Clarify that. If you score 80 or 90, what does that mean, Eden? Well, it could mean that you are on a really good track, in which case you should keep running. <laughs> Or it could mean that you have you're deluding yourself, for lack of a better way to put it. If if I can and, be so bold. If they themselves, in what way would they be deluding themselves? Once again, we get back to not telling the truth. You're not being honest about what it takes. You're waiting for the the big dramatic event to blow your relationship apart when it's actually the smaller daily routine mundane things that you overlook or you neglect or you ignore that are chewing away at your relationship that are going to crumble it from the inside. Now, if you scored a 70 to an 80, that's average, and average means that uh, you're just in this comfort zone. You are uh, maintaining the status quo. What does that mean? It means that it's kind of like when you were in school and you were a C student, when you had an A intellect, mm-hmm. you are coasting. You are coasting. You know, I, I heard once not too long ago, Something has stuck with me relative to this. You are rut. You have gotten yourself into a rut. And the and only difference that? between a rut and a grave is the depth of the hole. Oh, wow. The That's a different. So how do you get out that rut? We're going back to this again because it is the seat of everything. Tell the truth. You have got to be – you cannot lie your way into intimacy. I don't care what you do, how you smack it up, flip it, rub it down. You have got to tell the truth because intimacy is based on trust, and trust cannot be based on a lie. So you have to tell the truth. People often say that, you know, he is brutal. Honesty is not brutal. Lying is brutal. Man. Hey, Control, hang on just a second. I'm telling my producers we're going to wrap this show, not right now. We're going to take this last couple of minutes because we're going to, I want to make sure that we finish this stuff. All right. Now, if it's between 60 and 70, it says the news is uh, saying there's a lot for you to do if you're going to make it for the long haul. Does that mean pretty much that if you don't fix this, you're headed for a disaster? That's exactly what it means. No equivocation, no – yes, that's what it means. And and you can mess around and try to convince yourself otherwise if you want to, 
but more likely than not, within the year, you will know for sure. There won't be any question anymore because you'll be waking up alone, however it happens. Whether he leaves, whether you leave, whether somebody's, somebody's going to get up out of there. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Very yeah, seriously. Mediocrity. You know, mediocrity is the worst of the best and the best of the worst. And now, here's if you score between 50 and 60, uh, my version and answer to that is you're in the wrong damn relationship and something is wrong with you, especially if you are scoring between 50 and 60 and you're married or you're engaged oh. to cohabitating, hmm. your relationship is basically just uh, you're there for the wrong reasons and you're going through motions. And I'm going to say this, you're making four people miserable. You, the person that you're with, and you're missing out on the two people God had intended both of you to meet if your relationship scored a 50 to 60 on this test. What's your conclusion on that, Eden? It really is as if you are in two different relationships. It's like you're turning keys in the same door, but you are living in two different relationships. It is imperative at this point that you start paying attention and stop assuming, one, that everything is okay, and two, that you already know everything you need to know about what your partner needs and what they expect to get from their relationship with you. That is a dangerous slope that many people slide down once they've been together for a few years. They start assuming that they know their partners. They start assuming that they know what their partners need and what they like and what they require. And the fact is that they only know that to an extent because people are not static. It doesn't matter how long you've known them. They are constantly changing. There is no way that you can meet somebody 30 years into their lives and stay with them for 10 years, and they are the same person that you met. It doesn't happen. And if you don't stay in tune with their change process, that's how you stay in a relationship for 20 years or more and you wake up next to a stranger. You've been sleeping inches away from each other night after night after night for 20 years, and you wake up next to a stranger and find yourself in divorce court after 25 or 35 or 40 years of marriage. We just recently had an older woman divorce her husband after 42 years of marriage, which begs the question, what in the world could possibly have happened? after 42 years of sleeping inches away from each other that had not already happened at least once that you just could not find bearable anymore. And it wasn't that. It was just that you woke up next to a stranger because you Mm -hmm. checked out a long time ago. Yeah, and just didn't have the guts to leave. With that said, Eden, um, I know uh, we're going to have to redo this again. Uh, something I want to say before this, and I'd like for you to just give a one-minute answer, and I'm going to give a one-minute answer to this. There are two things that you have to understand about relationships, ladies and gentlemen, is that they are going to end. They are either going to end in death or life. Um, people are in your life for a reason, a season, or a lesson. When that season is up, that lesson is up. 
you know, that reason is discovered, it's time to move on. I'm not advocating divorce. I'm advocating being alert and aware of where you are in your uh, path and in your life's journey. There are times when you can fix things, but it's easier to glue the scales back on a swimming fish rather than to repair broken trust. It's like a broken mirror where you try to put the pieces back together. You're probably going to hurt yourself more than uh, the result you're going to get from restoring that mirror. You know, if you got a couple of big pieces that broke, you can probably fix them. But if it's a bunch of little sharp uh, shreds and what have you, it's over. And you have to just real lovingly look at that and say, okay, I've learned from this lesson. I've learned now it's time for me to live the rest of my life. I wish you well. And that doesn't mean you can't be good parents and probably after you heal, good friends. Now, what is your one-minute statement to everybody, Eden? And then I want you to give your website and stuff. But give us one minute. How can people help prove having their sex life and intimacy go out the window? Tell the truth. Tell the truth to yourself about yourself. Accept that truth, whatever it is, so that you can embrace it and communicate it effectively to someone else who is considering partnering with you for their lifetime. Tell the truth because there is no amount of sexual gymnastics that can compensate for not doing that. Stop being so fixated on how do I get her to squirt, what do I need to do to get multiple orgasms out of her, and fixate on how do I get her to feel safe enough to open her heart to me. If I can do that, then her panties will stay off. It is virtually nothing a woman who feels emotionally safe with her man will refuse him. Nothing. You know, Stop that worrying thing. about the gymnastics. Stop trying to be a porn star. <laughs> tell the truth and make her safe. And let me tell you something, ladies. With that being said, that's how men get erections, too. And a lot of this stuff about needing the Ciagra, Cialis Viagra and Levitra, what the man really needs is a good peace of mind and clarity and transparency, not only from you, but him being feeling comfortable enough to be that way with you. With that said, Eden, we're gonna. I want everybody to know how can they get in contact with you. What's your contact information? I know you're in Chicago, so uh, let let people know how can they reach you. Find me at EdenAdele.com. Sign up for my email list and keep up with what I'm doing. How I'm stirring up chaos and mayhem in people's relationships. <laughs> Seriously, EdenAdele.com is E-D-E-N-A-D-E-L-E.com. And my email list is filled with things like we were discussing tonight. I get more specific about some of the – I get specific about toys, about techniques, about tips. And I also give discounts to people who are on my list for upcoming events, for upcoming products and services, they always get discounts that I don't make available publicly. And it's just my way of showing my appreciation for them allowing me into their inbox every week. I can also be found on Facebook where I have a really active audience. 
I meet them there every morning, every Monday through Friday morning, with a new relationship insight. And they, we talk back to each other throughout the day. So we get into some pretty interesting conversations that way. And that is at Facebook.com, of course. Get back to passion, all one word. Facebook.com forward slash get back to passion, all one word. That sounds good. Well, Eden, we're out of time. I want to just thank you for joining us, and uh, we definitely want to have you back in the very near future. Thank you for inviting me. Have a fabulous evening. All right. You've heard uh, a lot of information. I hope you use it. If you, uh, like I said, you've got a website address, this show is archived, so you can always play it back. Definitely take that test. And the biggest reason for us doing this wasn't to offend you. So for some of you religious folks, if that freaks you out, well, that's probably why your sex life sucks. Anyway, it doesn't have to, and you can do something about it and fix it. I want to thank you all for uh, supporting and being part of the program. I will be talking to you on Wednesday during Lunchtime Love, and then as usual, if you are looking for love in all the wrong places, you're not going to find it. You will never find an external solution to an internal problem. So if you want someone to love you, why don't you do it? Nobody can do it better than you. This has been Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. I love you madly. Have an awesome week. Goodbye.